lucha-masks.com by Pro Wrestling Revolution. Bringing you, in partnership with Mask Republic, the Lucha Brothers, as well as Japanese legend Ultimo Dragon. Go to lucha-masks.com and fight Lucha Strong with masks from your favorite Lucha Legends and Pro Wrestling Revolution Luchadores. Stay safe in style and represent your favorite luchador. Get yours now at lucha-masks.com, powered by Pro Wrestling Revolution. You are listening to the Lucha Central Podcast Network, and now, Lucha Central Weekly. Welcome to the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. This is the podcast that lets you know all the latest happening in the world. Each week, our team discusses news and events from the past week, as well as preview the week ahead, covering Mexico-based promotions and top independents, along with luchador-related news from throughout the state. The Lucha Central Weekly Podcast is part of the Lucha Podcast Network, available on Lucha.com. This podcast and others are also available on all major podcast platforms, iTunes, Spotify. I'm Miranda Morales, one of the hosts of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast, and I'm going to bring in the rest of the team. Introducing first is the dashing one, Mr. Dusty Murphy. Dusty, how's it going? Oh, it's going fantastic. How are you, Miranda? I am doing quite well. Very excited for this week's episode. And the other person who I'm fairly certain is excited is, well, who? 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 Uh, who? That who? is none other than Brendan Barr. Brendan, heck, how are you? Heck yeah, I'm excited. Oh, man. Yeah, this was such a, like a gift of Lucha Libre. So really it was. Yeah. A lot going on. So much to cover. Um, and so we are going to jump into it with really... You know, it, it is somewhat Lucha-related news. Uh, <laughs> this is actually more mainstream news. But you know what? We felt like we really had to cover it because there's a huge fan base for this. And it has impacted the world of Lucha Libre a little bit. Um, but this week, Netflix announced that they have canceled GLOW, uh, the gorgeous ladies of wrestling series. Uh, they were filming season four earlier. However, uh, due to covid uh, they ended up not finishing the rest of the season, and Netflix decided to um, not have uh, have the production company film the rest of the season. So for the fans of the gorgeous, gorgeous ladies of wrestling on Netflix, we are not going to get a fourth and final season. And this has actually impacted uh, someone very dear, near and dear to, to our Lucha Libre hearts, uh, one Taya Valkyrie who posted yeah. on social media that she had filmed some scenes for that uh, season and we're not going to see it. So that's a, it's a big bummer for, for anyone who's a fan of glow, but for anyone who's a fan of Taya Valkyrie, who yeah. you know, finally gonna see have, you know, her acting chops and wrestling, the, the thing that she's the best at, mm-hmm. uh, we are not going to see that. 
So no, and it was such a no-brainer with Johnny being in mm-hmm. one of the earlier seasons. And I mean, she kind of has the has the the style and look in a lot of ways already. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. I, I, the, uh, the photos she posted on social media, like the look was so cool. Yeah. And, I mean, very glow. Like I remember the original glow. Me and, too. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. I saw it one time. I think at a car show or a motorcycle show, they also had a a glow thing going on. And I saw it one time when I was a kid in person. So I was very into the dramatized TV show because I had that connection with it and Taya thing. Yep. Like I didn't know about it until after it was already like, oh, I was going to be on it. And now I'm not. but it was so sad like once i heard that i was like simultaneously like so excited and so deflated yeah Yeah. i I mean that that was i had a similar reaction and yeah i have a a very uh organic connection to the original glow as well um so young junior high me discovered that uh i had a paper route to make money on the side and i discovered that the sunday newspaper run would come uh they would be dropped at my delivery spot at three in the morning, which was after the last wrestling show that was on Saturday night television went off the air. (laughs) So what I would do is I would take a nap Saturday afternoon. My mom hated this, by the way, but I'd take a nap Saturday afternoon, stay up really late watching wrestling and then go grab the newspapers and do that, uh, do the route and then go to bed before being woken up to go to church so (laughs) very very white middle class america there but uh, so she hated it because i always looked like i was exhausted in church and but uh glow replaced one of the other wrestling shows that was at first i was like this is just silly i don't want to watch but the more i watched it just the more interesting and uh, i found it and then they had the reunion about 10 years ago and somebody on facebook tagged me before there was there was kickstarter was a huge thing it was just Mm -hmm. facebook groups looking for money and support and uh, so i was in this little chat group on facebook about the the, the sharing memories of, of glow wrestlers and that kind of nostalgia really got me back into wanting to see this Netflix show when, mm-hmm. cause I'd already been primed for it. Yeah. Well, and speaking of Lucas, for the actual, <laughs> um, uh, uh, show on Netflix travel. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So there's the, the Chavo character is based on Chavo's dad. So who did, there was a story that uh, Ivory told about being at, at Glow, where uh, Chavo Sr. was training the ladies, and just like the in the show where they were giggling and not really paying attention and talking more about how he filled out his trunks. Uh, no, well, so he's kind of a cross between Chavo and Johnny, I guess. And uh, according to the story that Ivory told, uh, the... Um, the the chavo called one of the loud women into the ring and put her in a uh, in a, a sleeper hold and <laughs> reminded everybody that this is legitimate and important and uh, you need to pay attention and that ivory said that's the moment that she got serious about it which was kind of a cool story for me but uh probably yeah. Probably I'll why half that. of the women dropped out for the next day because you know who really wants to get put to sleep while while at work. Yeah, that's very true. And I think yeah. a lot of them. Yeah, that's an interesting thing with Glow was 
nobody was a trained wrestler and they were like actors mm-hmm. became wrestlers. Yeah, there were some athletes, like tennis players and basketball players, but there were no actresses. Well, there's hope, because uh, also on Tuesday, Mark Marin, who played Sam Silva on the show, uh, posted on his social media account that he hopes Netflix would allow them to do a two-hour movie in order to complete the story. And that started to pick up some momentum from the cast and fans. So uh, they're using the hashtag Save Glow. So for all of the listeners out there, anybody who, uh, you know, Glow have a, a, a two-hour movie special to save, to, to at least get some ending to Glow, uh, you can use the hashtag Save Glow. And it's uh, really picking up some steam. So I am doing this right now. I am I am looking on letters for this hashtag Save Glow, and I'm looking at say things while we're recording just because i'm that i need (laughs) we all need this we all need so uh yes uh go ahead you know show your support on social media by using the hashtag save glow if you want to netflix approve a two hour or hopefully even longer uh series to help the the show end on that fourth and final end so some unfortunate news to start off the week, but there's still a lot to go over. Some amazing things happened this week in the world of Lucha Libre. So we are going to keep on rolling with the road back. To- All right. So uh, we don't have a lot on the road back to shows this week. Um, everybody's probably going to guess that I'm going to say Mexico is still or Mexico City, still orange. Uh, yeah, that's right. Hey. You tell them. that's katie she's just backing up brendan right there confirming that mexico was still in orange so good Good job sadie thank you thank you the other thing we've got is um expo lucha is this weekend uh i mean there there are a few other stories but this kind of for this show is the big story there's going to be several hours of unseen footage that uh apparently mass republic has found while cleaning under the couch while we're, we were all in <laughs> lockdown um and there's uh there's costume contest there's custom figure contest there's a toy contract being announced there's exclusive merchandise that will be sold during this uh it's gonna so uh if you aren't aware you can go on to the uh to to the expo lucha website expolucha.com i should have put that on here and uh and they have all of the uh, they have all of the details on to do that, but it's on it's on the Twitch, YouTube, uh, there was a Facebook, third, Facebook, mm-hmm. Facebook, yeah, uh, Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, uh, just all over. They'll be starting in the morning and uh, and and going until they stop, which is probably sometime in the afternoon. Uh, and the the schedule while you're hearing this, uh, the schedule will be up. So Friday morning. Around the same time the show goes up, they will have this. Um, do you guys have anything in the Expo Lucha you guys are looking forward to? I'm looking forward to that Wrestling Society X Rumble match. Like, it's got got our friend Mr. Iguana in the match. It's got Laredo Kid, La Mascara, Ultimo Panda, um, oh, that Pentaco, Laredo oh, no, I Kid. I yeah, I, I, I heard that from a reputable source. <laughs> from a yeah. very reputable. 
Yeah, it's cool. just, it's crazy how many people are going to be in this match, and it looks amazing. Anything um, you looking forward to? I'm looking forward for the cosplay compañito, the cosplay oh. contest. That, yeah, that for me, I love I love cosplay. I love watching it. I'm never I've never been good at it myself, so <laughs> I uh, love watching it because I get very envious and and jealous of it. So mm-hmm. I think that's going to be a very cool component, and I'd love to see just what people come up with too. Um, so that's going to be one I'm really going to keep my eye out on too. Um, and the Game On portion, um, where it's from the Lucha Central Gaming Network, and they're going to be presenting mm-hmm. a gaming challenge uh, with luchadors going mano a mano uh, with a close top gamer. So that, too, will be fun. Yeah. Also because I'm terrible at video games, but I love to watch them. <laughs> so I'm very excited to see who. So at a, at a previous year, uh, Jack Evans. At Expo Lucha, Jack Evans was challenging people. And the only good thing about this is that uh, Jack Evans is not nearly as good at video games as he is at wrestling. So it was a lot more fun. (laughs) (laughs) So those of you out there that that are intimidated by this idea of challenging a wrestler, if you're a real good video game guy, you probably can take him. Just saying. I mean, Jack Evans (laughs) can't be good at everything. It's just not fair. He's already a yeah. really good wrestler. He's already a really good person. So, like, why? He can't be good at everything. That kind of makes me feel a little bit better. Glad I could so help right. with that. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. We don't know. He could have been practicing soon. He could whoop all our asses. That's true. He may have had some downtime. Damn it, man. That's not fair still. Um, uh, so, we actually have something. I don't, we didn't even get a chance to hear it. It is so fresh off the presses. It's sitting in our inbox, but we have a statement from the Mass Republic that we are going to play for you right now. And it will, it is a sneak peek of the day's event. That's all I really. Matches you are going to see streaming today include Conan managing the Lucha Brothers, Penta Zero M and Ray Phoenix against Selena De La Renta managing the team of Teddy Hart and Jack Evans. But that's not the only time you're going to see the Lucha Brothers today because they are going to team with Mr. Aguila, who will team once again for the first time in nearly 20 years with former WWE manager Lita, Amy Dumas, who will be in their corner as they take on Brian Cage, Jack Evans, and TJ Perkins. Also, an incredible four-way, one of the most technical spectaculars we've ever had in the history of Expolucha, Ray Horace, Flamita, TJ Perkins, and Juventud Guerrera in a four-way war, plus Trios action, including Flamita, as Flamita, Laredo Kid, and Puma King tangle with three of SoCal's best in Adrian Quest, Jake Atlas, and Douglas James. Plus, in more trios action, Psychosis, Juventud Guerrera, and Taurus take on Teddy Hart, Davey Boy Smith Jr., and Brian Pillman Jr. at the time, MLW's Hart Foundation. And if you stick around till later, you are going to get to see one of the most requested matches in the history of Expo Lucha, the Lucha Society X Gauntlet Rumble match, where more than a dozen wrestlers entered the ring rumble style for an elimination gauntlet match that featured the likes of Ultimo Panda, Mr. Iguana, Disco Inferno, a trio of minis, Laredo Kid, Adrian Quest, Human Tornado, Black Taurus, and many more. That's all coming up today at Expo Lucha. 
All right, that's uh, exciting stuff. Um, we also will be doing our own special uh, Expo Lucha only podcast that we will be recording at uh, right after the event is over and getting up soon. But uh, that's what we have for the road back to shows this week. So let's move on to that next thing. I think that means we get to hear Dusty's sultry tones once more. <laughs> Alrighty, so I just chose to focus on one event this week, which was IWIRG um, Festival of Masks. Uh, largely, people who are have been keeping score of these things will realize the reason why I wanted to do this. Largely, they because the second half of the card was about Dr. Wagner, his family, and they had they did a ceremony to honor his. Uh, uh, years of service. There was there was a, a large number in there. It it probably wasn't as exciting as thirty Chris Jericho or anything, but somewhere <laughs> something big like that. Um, uh, they had him and his sons in the middle of the ring, handed him a plaque, and and the very small uh, socially distanced crowd applauded quietly. Um, and then uh, so for the the last two matches of the the evening, you had the Wagner family on display. You had Las Tromas against Hijo the Doctor Wagner Jr. and Galeno de Mall. Uh, this was as wild as you would expect it to be, with the uh, you know the Wagner boys being quite the brawlers and liking with cookie sheets and playing on the outside. And the Tromas are not afraid of that sort of thing, even though they are trained by Navarro and have a very good technical background. And I feel like they might be setting up an angle because this match uh, ended in a double countout, which uh, didn't even really stop them from continuing to brawl, as you might expect. So the referee said, ring the bell. The bell rang at punchier. So um, we're probably going to see more of that later. And I'm all about that. Um, and in our main event, Dr. Wagner Jr., Dragon Bane, and Hijo de Canis Lupus wrestled off against Demonio Inferno, Fresario Jr., and Mascaro Ando 2000. So, uh, again, you have a lot of interesting stuff going on. Um, there was a lot of speculation going into this that this was going to set up uh, a future singles match with Wagner and, and Mascara Anyo Jr. That's such a mouthful. Uh, because he had in an interview going into this said that he is getting a little tired. He's thinking about retirement, uh, but he wants to have a uh, some sort of retirement of Puestas match with, with Wagner on his way out. So sure enough, the way that this ended that... Uh, Dr. Wagner's team won uh, because the other team was disqualified when Mascara Año 2000 hit him with a tray. So kind of what everybody expected, and I don't think anybody was disappointed. Um, Wagner did come out wearing his mask, but uh, he he was not wearing it by the end of the match. So I've only seen highlights at this point because... It's behind a paywall, and you know I can't I can't buy all the things. But uh, I, did, I looked at the highlights in the pictures, and it looked like uh, at some point during there, either he took it off himself or somebody tore it off of him. And just kept going. A little bit of blood. Really fun event. And uh, just one note on for us to look forward to is IWRG has already started promoting their annual 
kind of Halloween-y event, the Castillo de, del Terror, which uh, uh, is uh, is a pay-per-view, uh, but the the gimmick pay-per-view on this is that you have a match at the end of the show where a number of people, and that number is different based on factors every year, but that are all in a cage match, mm-hmm. and the uh, the loser... The ultimate loser of the cage match loses their mask or their hair. So it's always uh, an exciting. Interesting. Yeah. Right. Yes. Uh, So I uh, that does add to that terror sort of moniker. So uh, I was pleased that they announced that it's no Halloween havoc to talking about that. (laughs) But it is uh, it is a good uh, October themed sort of paper. And I'm excited. Well, results for the IWRG uh, Festival de las Mascaras show. Uh, results are available on LuchaCentral.com if you'd like to review it there. And, of course, always tune in to our weekly podcast to get your Next, we have Denise Salcedo with this week's Lucha Central Central. Hey, everyone. It's Denise Salcedo here in Lucha Central Central with a reminder of where and when to catch all of the great network content this week. Get the full lineup and listen to all of our shows in the podcast network section of LuchaCentral.com. On Tuesdays, Math, Maths, and Mayhem takes you inside the world of Lucha Underground as they take you weekly through the series with the benefit of hindsight and the benefit of special guests from the groundbreaking series. Check out the premiere video stream every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Lucha Central YouTube channel and at LuchaCentral.com. Then listen to it on your favorite podcast platform every Wednesday. Tuesday night's live is WrestleBoss, where Fabi Chulo talks MMA and pro wrestling with special guests and listener Collins. Visit WrestleBossLive.com Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Pacific to listen live or call in with questions or download the show on podcast platforms on Wednesdays. Wednesday nights live on Facebook, it's Spanish show La Mesa de los Margaros, giving you both the news and the cheese made from around the lucha world. Special guests and a whole lot of fun make it one of the most talked about shows in Mexico. Thursdays, it's straight out of the bodega with Papo Esco and PWR promoter Gabriel Ramirez as they have guests from throughout the wrestling world pull up to give an inside look into their careers. From indie standouts to television superstars, each week brings a new name and perspective. On Friday, it's your double dose of Lucha Central weekly podcast, one in English y el otro en español. Lucha Central Weekly is where you'll find all the top stories of the week, both inside and out of the ring from Mexico and anywhere luchadores are in action across the globe. Be sure to subscribe and follow all your favorite Lucha Central Network series on your favorite podcast platforms, either by their own series name or subscribe to the Lucha Central Podcast Network show pages to get all of the shows in one easy feed. And please consider giving a rating to help more fans find the shows that you love. For now, this is Denise Salcedo signing off from Lucha Central Central. Have a great week. So before we WWE News, uh, we wanted to do a special plug for someone who is part of the Lucha Central Podcast Network, who was just featured on this United Wrestling Network Primetime Live. Brendan, tell us a little bit more about who we, we may be talking about. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm sure anybody who's following me on Twitter knows because I spent a lot of time on Tuesday talking about how cool this was. But you had The Bodega, uh, which features uh, Danny Limelight and 
Lucha Central's own go, who hosts the the out straight out of the Bodega podcast, wrestling in uh, a match. I believe it was very near the top of the card. If it wasn't at the it top was of the, the card. main event. That's it was, how Papa yeah. does it. You know, he don't come on yeah. TV unless he's the main event. All I know is I had to wait a long time to see the match after getting shocked with it. They opened up with the two of them beautifully where they talked mm-hmm. about getting anything you want at the bodega, even a beat. <laughs> uh, I was I was invested. Uh, so congratulations to, to the Papoesco for getting on there. I'm positive that means that straight out of the bodega is going to have some interesting stories yeah. from behind the scenes at Thunder Studios where they record that. And uh, I am there for that. Yes, that's what's up, Papo. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I just gotta say, I mean, come on. Not I, only is he I, representing the network, but that that's just, he's re- representing all the Boricuas out there. So um, congratulations to, to him. He and Danny, but I mean, you know, oh, yeah. Papo's, Papo's our boy. Yeah, Papo's um, our boy. Big shout out to him. Danny's been on one as well. Danny, you know, I mean, Danny maybe have been like a part of the reason though why they lost. That's just a personal opinion. But, <laughs> uh, you know, that's neither here nor there. That's, um, and while we're doing the shout outs, I, I have to give a shout out to the, uh, to four minutes of who had uh, their first appearance on a pay-per-view as well. They are Seattle based defy tag team champions. They, that even got mentioned on the air. So congratulations to Ricky and Eddie. Uh, you guys worked a really hard and drove 15 hours to get to that show. So uh, great work, and I'm super excited for you. And also a big shout-out to Vipress, who wrestled against uh, FSW women's champion Lacey Ryan. Oh. Um, and for those yeah. who attended the 2019 show, there, believe in a match against Shotzi Blackheart. Uh, she's also familiar for those fans of Crash Lucha Libre. Um, mm-hmm. Very big out here on the west coast and so uh, also a big congratulations to vipers with a, a very strong that was uh such a fun match uh yeah big congratulations vipers i am super happy that you made it on there too yeah, we, get, sure. we gotta get dusty watching these we're gonna yeah, keep yeah. talking about this yes yeah i started watching some of the championship wrestling from hollywood episodes but i i need to start getting in on some of the pay-per-views <laughs> And the results for uh, the Wrestling Network Primetime Live is also available on Um So make sure, you know, if you aren't watching it, you can get results on there as well. Uh, next, though, Dusty's going to be taking us down the road this week on SmackDown and Raw. Yeah, there wasn't a ton of Lucha content this week on WWE, but... We'll give you what they've got given us. Uh, first up on SmackDown, we had Grand Metalik and Lince Dorado teaming with Matt Riddle. And they defeated Cesaro, Shinsuke, and King Corbin. There was a story before the match where Matt Riddle was basically like, bros? And Lince Dorado and Metalik were like, bros! And so they broed down the trios match. A uh, friend of the show, Lince Dorado, even got some microphone time. He got to open the match. He even was able to slip in his Lucha Lit catchphrase into the promo. It was pretty cool. I don't know if you guys saw it, but he really had a video on Twitch where he designed his own Power Rangers, Megazord, Dinosaur yes. gear. And it was That's stunning so cool. how perfectly epi- executed it was. It was so cool. And I mean, yeah, very cool. Uh, not a whole lot going on in the match, Lucha-wise. There was a great spot in the match where Kalisto ran out and started asking, what about me? What about me? 
uh, as it started. But commercials really broke up and interrupted the match. You yeah. can't deny the action that went on while we were watching. Uh, Lindsay, Metalik, and Riddle got the win. But after the match, there was still a lot of turmoil and Lucha House Party. Lindsay shoved Kalisto down. Again, so we'll see what happens there. Then on Monday Night Raw, we had Murphy and Rollins defeating Humberto Carrillo and Dominic Mysterio. Uh, since they couldn't give us Street Profits versus Angel Andrade, they decided <laughs> to give us the other matchup that we've gotten every week since WrestleMania. Rollins and Murphy beating Dominic and his new tag partner, Humberto. Like, aside from that match with Keith Lee, I don't know if Seth Rollins has wrestled anybody outside the Mysterio family circle since uh, WrestleMania. You know, they kind of established that little circle with, <laughs> Alistair Black and Humberto Carrillo and everybody and like, but yeah, uh, so we did get a mild amount of story advancement with Aaliyah kind of getting in between Seth and Murphy when Seth was hitting him with the kendo stick. Uh, it was just a short match that really meant nothing, but an honorable mention shout out goes to Zelina Vega. She was in an early women's trios match at the beginning of the show. Her talent was palpable in the match, especially compared to some of the other competitors that I will not name. But the big news this week in WWE is that we've got the draft. Uh, it'll start this Friday on SmackDown Live, and then Monday on Raw, it'll continue. And news is broken this week that Angel, and Angel Garza and Andrade are no longer a tag team. They are broken up. So what do you guys think the draft will mean? Do you think they get split up in the draft? And do you think they'll also split up Andrade and Zelina, given that she's kind of abandoned him for her managerial skills? Well, and and so, then he's turned around and blamed her, too. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, it all depends. What, what brand is Charlotte on? That's the one that Andrade is That's exactly with. what I was wondering. <laughs> that was my next question. Did you think they bring, bring where, Charlotte where, back? Yeah, because that's where he's going. I just wonder if they're yeah. going to bring her back as a manager until she's well enough to wrestle. Because pairing them Ew. together is money. Yeah. She's managing nobody but herself. You know, yeah. she's uh, she's the queen. Uh, I, I, but I feel like they they really avoid addressing that in on camera. That's very intense. Um, and I think it's a good thing. Other than yeah, uh, but, random guilty looks when Ric Flair goes by, just saying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that is also true. Uh, that that is also true. But so yeah, I'm mean, I definitely see more of a dynamic. But you're absolutely right about you know where to go with Zelina. But they're no longer to be uh, attached with Zelina. They all could be two on one brand, and you know who knows. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that that's a very good point. If anything, now that they're all doing things, it's now very possible that we see split up. I, I actually would like to see Zelina with uh, the majority of the women that are currently in SmackDown in the SmackDown Women's Division. I, I think too. she would be a good blend there. They're clearly <laughs> going to shake that up a little bit, so I don't know if she'll stay put and some of them will come over, but uh, uh, you know, or or she goes over there. It, I think she is an exciting addition to either of the brands, but like she could really elevate the SmackDown Women's Division to being. Uh, a little uh, living into the potential that it has, I think is the best way to put that. Yeah. Well, we saw that during the six man, six woman this week though, too, it kind of shows a, a bit about the gaps at the raw women's division. Um, I mean, that in some ways that's kind of a good thing because if the SmackDown to women's division is a little bit more, even be close to a title picture. Um, Cause we know right now, 
preoccupied with Bailey and Sasha, where at least on Raw, she's getting an opportunity for a championship where it may be more competitive on, on SmackDown. So mm-hmm. if anything, if she does, they use that to elevate her as a true contender. Um, and that may actually be a better place where even though there's more competition on SmackDown, she may be mm-hmm. utilized stronger on Raw. Oh, yeah. That's no, very that's, true. The, the, is her as a wrestler right now, there is no, there's no bad version of this. She either gets to be on the show where she's immediately in the title scene because she's at that level of, of work, or she gets to be on the show where no matter who she works with, it's going to be an amazing match and people will want to see it. Like that, these. This is her future. Um, in general, I am excited. I'm optimistic, excited, or you know, cautiously excited. I guess about the potential of the draft. Uh, yeah. Zelina's the only one that has a clear, bright future out of this. Everyone is very else is very conditional because changing. We've seen before changing shows can be good for you, but sometimes it can be the end of you. So yeah. you know. Uh, I would I would love to see any of our lucha talent get get elevated and live into what we we here on this show know they can do, and mm-hmm. that's that is what I'm uh, optimistic may happen because those are these are the people. The reason we're talking about these people every week isn't just because they're lucha; it's because they show up and do work and put on good matches in the middle of the end of the the freaking world. <laughs> so. Yeah. Give me You're right. That that's all I learned from last week. Give me the chance to have Angel Garza and John Morrison on the same brand. So they oh can my gosh! Each other. Like that would be so good. Uh, yeah, I so, don't. I don't care if they're friends or fighting. Like it's just yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so that means taking <laughs> yeah. the SmackDown. That may be a good fit, but yes. Give me, give me that match, WWE. Yes, we know Vince listens, so that's yeah. what we want next. Yeah. We want, we want Garza versus John Please Morrison, but we want Mundo Morrison, not just you know, eat oh, your lunch, yeah. Morrison. <laughs> oh man, Mundo Morrison is is uh, yeah, a night and day performer. So glad that he uh, he came back to the WWE, so that, uh, fans who only watch WWE see what what uh, can happen. To oh, a, yeah, an exciting you, wrestler when you let them do their thing for a little bit. Well, not only that, but like explore their options. I don't know mm-hmm. how likely he would have explored Lucha so deeply if he had stayed in WWE. But I mean, like he's the yeah. real deal. He's been he's main okay. evented Triple Mania. You know, like he's a big deal. So that's and I would also like to see if they move Dominic. You know, Rey Mysterio is famously SmackDown. You know, like he was on SmackDown Ooh. for years. Yeah, and it's true. so if they move Dominic, that kind of changes the setting. We lose the element of the thing he had with Seth. And so that kind of pushes that behind us finally. And it would give, there's a lot of, like we've just been mentioning, a lot of Lucha talent on SmackDown. And I think Dominic on SmackDown would be really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then who's going to beat up Buddy Murphy like that? I mean, um, the the random guy in the third row. Yeah, I mean, I guess Seth Rollins. The Thunderdome. Yeah, yeah, Seth Rollins. But Applejack from the Revolution. Yeah, I mean, I was gonna say, man, Buddy Murphy just keeps getting his ass like literally, you know, the whole family beating him up. Murphy has beaten him up. Rollins has beaten him up. Maybe he beat himself up. I don't know, but that that's really, I mean. 
the guy can't catch a <laughs> catch a break. So that, that's is. my only thing. I'm, Dominic could go, but then who's going to beat up Murphy? Because that's really for McHugh over separate into the men, the women, and the children. Uh, <laughs> everyone gets handed a kendo stick and you just start everyone gets a few hits and... <laughs> it's like when they beat up the car to raise money you know where you get to hit it twice with the sledgehammer instead you pay your money it's a, he could make a fortune this way instead of a meet and greet or like an autograph picture you get to hit him with the kendo stick two times no face shots no groin shots <laughs> uh, uh, well on that Again, the results for Raw and SmackDown are available on LuchaCentral.com. And next, well, we got what's happening this week with AEW. Yeah. Uh, first, we had AEW Dark this week. And this was a really solid episode of Dark with lots of intent. And I encourage everybody to go check it out. It's on YouTube. It's free. Check it out. But first up, we had Jurassic Express, who had an eight and five record with Marco Stunt defeating Ray Rosas and Eric Watts in their AEW tag team debut. This was a great match. Championship for wrestling from Hollywood was really getting a chance to shine on the AEW stage all the way across the country. They did a great job getting Watts across as a real threat. And I would love to a one on with Luchasaurus now. Oh, yeah. Uh, it'd just be so good. By the end of the match, I was honestly a little shocked that Jurassic Express won, but that's just a compliment to everybody in this match. Like, it was so good wow. and just a fantastic match. And then we had Chaos Project, who were 3 0 at this point. They defeated Anthony Bowens and Lee Johnson in their tag team debut. This is also an awesome match. It helped build up Chaos Project for the following night's match against Jericho and Hager, but it was a fun watch at the same time. My man Ricky Starks even name-dropped Shania Twain on commentary. It, I mean, like, what more can you It was fantastic. And then next up, we had Angelico with Jack Evans defeating Sean Dean. And I've said it before, I'll say it again, but I really love watching Angelico wrestle. Oh, yeah. I think it's Amazing to get to see him in a singles match. Uh, he hasn't had a whole lot of those, Erica, especially televised in several years. Uh, we mentioned that a couple of episodes ago, but I couldn't wait to see this when I heard it announced. I love his newer Iveo submission style. Uh, it fits into that. This match he has is in finish at the end. Great way to set up the next night's match with FTR. And then our main event, we had the Lucha Brothers with Eddie Kingston, 8-8 eight and eight record. And they defeated Sonny Kiss and Joey Janela. Uh, this is so good. Like an amazing, amazing match. The Lucha Brothers are probably the best tag team in all of modern wrestling. And if you want to argue with me, you have to watch this match first. Like, it's <laughs> that good. Like, they're, they're so good. The fight started before the bell ever rang, but the pace and action was just constant throughout the match. They finished, they got the, like, the assisted pile driver finisher in the match. I'll always love that. It's awesome. Fantastic match. Then the next night, Wednesday night, we had Dynamite. And our first match was FTW championship match between Brian Cage and Will Hobbs. And, oh, my God, what a match. This was so good. It was just constant and relentless. And it left you breathless just watching. 
as a fan. So you have to imagine what it was like for these guys. The cardio must have been insane. Like you really have to watch this match. The agility and the finesse that these two guys use in the match with no breaks, no rest holds. Mm -hmm. It's, It's just undeniable. This was so good. And afterwards, Ricky Starks and Taz come out and tell Will Hobbs he's either with them or he's the guy they beat down in the ring after he loses. But Darby Allen comes out, so they leave without getting their answer from Hobbs. And Cage must have just been tired because the Cage I saw in this match just now could have ripped Darby Allen in half in the knee. So, <laughs> I mean, like, it was it was so good. And yeah. Afterwards, that, we had... Go ahead, sorry. Oh, sorry. It just it was mind-blowing because I want to remind people, neither one of these guys is even remotely small. No, these are huge guys. I mean, maybe we'll look small compared to Cage, but like they're both. (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, and he's yeah. I've I've been in the same room as both of them, and I am looking up when I'm talking them. So neither (laughs) of them is short, and and you can see for you the evidence for yourself that they are big boys, and they're flying around that ring. Like, ask yourself when you're watching this match. If you can count faster than two before they're across, or usually can't, and that's yeah, that's it's I mean, you'll see so you'll see fast. the little guys doing this all night uh, on on other shows or even on this show, but uh, two guys that size do that and do it for seven minutes it was amazing. Yeah, it was just incredible. Like I couldn't believe the the action and the pacing that they kept. Up. Like I say, the cardio was just. I know I couldn't. I mean it. I mean, even in my best shape, I couldn't do what they do. It's just incredible <laughs> how how effortless and fluid these humongous guys make it look. They're moving like the cruiserweights, like Brendan yep. said. And and everybody should watch this. It was an amazing match. Uh, next up, we had the AEW World Tag Team Championship match. Yes. FDR unfortunately defeated the Hybrid 2. It was kind of a given going into this match that TH2 wouldn't be winning the titles, but I was excited for it anyway. Anything that gives Angelico and Jack Evans more screen time on TV, especially national TV like this, is more than okay with me. Uh, The first few minutes were kind of rough. The first couple minutes, Evans botched a flip leg drop combo thing, but then they got it together. I might be biased, but Angelico was really the star of this match for me. His shift to a more submission-based offense is incredible, and he's just so captivating and engaging on screen. Mm. And the pacing in this match was incredible, too. Like, it was really hard-hitting, and this was easily my favorite match of the night for Dynamite. It was just so good. Oh, uh, yeah. I love about the hybrid too, and I've mentioned this before. And Helico proves that physics don't matter, and Jack Evans proves that gravity doesn't matter. And I don't know how either one of them do it, but I love to watch it. Like it's just so yeah. good. And even though they didn't win, they looked like winners. They they looked legit by the end of the match. Awesome. That was the the big takeaway for me, and a lot of people online was all of uh, the internet community was like. I had no idea these guys could could go like this. This was amazing, and and nice. I I mean I was super excited that that's what we got out of. It. Oh, yeah. me and too. It, and it gives hope too that they're doing a shift in the team division um, away from the elite, and so that I think is a little refreshing too, um, mm-hmm. where you have other established tag teams coming in that are fast paced and high flying, say like the Bucks, 
but it, it's a different dynamic as, as well that doesn't feel like we were seeing the same thing over and over again. So mm-hmm. uh, I really like this match and I really like, again, the direction they're going in. They're focusing on tag team. And, you know, I think FTR is really moving the needle with uh, the tag division. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yes. you know, it, it does make uh, TH2, you know, even though I had a, a loss that absolutely could see him in contention again. When- they, they, that's their only loss of the year. Yeah. So they are, uh, they're very likely to move on to this if any of the top five uh, take take a misstep at all. So I'm, I'm very excited to see the next, uh, next week's uh, anniversary show. Uh, I think we're going to see a lot of, of, uh, the tag team moving to for me to say the tag team division making big is what I was trying to get out, but I was thinking three different sentences at the same time. No, I agree. Uh, <laughs> I, think, I think that they finally feel that they've established it now that jerk or not Jericho, sorry. Um, Hangman page and Kenny Omega have had the titles mm-hmm. and that it, you know, like they kind of got it established and now it's time to hand it over to the real tag teams, not the singles guys that we're trying to mm-hmm. use to bring eyes to it. So I'm really excited for what they do with tag teams. And then our final match of the night, we had Chris Jericho and Jake Hager defeating the Chaos Project. This was a fun match. Uh, Luther and Jericho go way back. So it's kind of exciting to see Luther and Serpentico, or Luther and Jericho wrestle, but also very exciting to see Luther and Serpentico in the main event. Mm-hmm. This was the least strong match of the review for me, and it probably would have been better served as a singles match between Jericho and Luther. But having Serpentico always adds in a fun and unique element to the Chaos mm-hmm. Project's offense. So I'm always happy and excited to see that. Like, that's something I look forward to. So I'm glad that it was a Chaos Project match, but at the same time, probably would have been better served as a singles match. And But Chris Jericho, for having done this for 30 years at his age, he's the same age now that Hogan was in 2002. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he seems so much younger and so much more relevant and fresh. Mm-hmm. And I mean, yeah, like, I don't know. It's and hard he's still to the believe. master of yeah. a thousand and four holds, unlike seven <laughs> moves of doom. So this is true. Uh, he's always pulling something out of the bag that you weren't expecting. Absolutely. Always exciting as a Jericho fan. So Dusty, I'm good. no go ahead. I, I, I'm a little surprised that you've made it this far without mentioning uh, some of the people that said nice things yes. about this Jericho. Yes, because there was one I saw that I thought you, of you like waiting to, to scream it out. Ultimo Dragon, <laughs> he was there. Honorable mention yes. goes out to Ultimo Dragon. He showed up in a clip um, amongst others, and it was really exciting. You know, the Ultimo Dragon, but also we had Tanahashi uh, from New Japan. So there were quite a few surprises that way that. It would be kind of interesting. Ultimo Dragon and Jericho go way back, so maybe he could show mm-hmm. up sometime in AEW, even just in a uh, like a manager role, come like Jake the Snake or yeah, uh, yeah, or maybe the same as Tully and Arn. But he still, you know, is active in the ring, so he could come out and kind of like MVP does with the Hurt business. But maybe yep. he could lead his own stable in AEW. And yeah, I would love to see something like that. He's an amazing wrestler. Love Ultimo Dragon. He's just so good. That was my first mask ever. And (laughs) yeah, so I'm a little biased, but yeah, yeah, it's, it was a great show and I hope everybody gets a chance to check it out. 
if you're just a wrestling fan, the it was a great show. There was something for everybody last night. Yeah. Miranda, you started to say something. I, I, I got oh, no, excited. I was going to talk about the ending of, of that show with Chris Jericho, kind of that Saturday Night Live after <laughs> yes. with the credits rolling and Chris Jericho, you know, getting credit oh, for yeah. every single role. Uh, cameraman, commentary, producing, <laughs> all that. So that was just a fun he little. Best boy. Yeah. Yeah. It, that, executive that producer, producer, yeah. producer's assistant, uh, so, catering. Again, yeah. That's just a, a testament to Chris Jericho. Always something different. Yeah. That, that, the post-match segment, uh, my, my, my note on it, I even put it up on Twitter, is that you could summarize that by just name, mm-hmm. by just the, Clownico the Clown. Like yes. you, you know you're going to like it if you find that name hilarious, and if you don't, just don't worry about it. Right? Like, it... <laughs> give up, <laughs> give up. She didn't like Clownico. I think she's saying she, she, yeah. she didn't like it. Not a fan. Not a, not a fan. Not a of fan. All right then. Sadie has spoken. Not a fan of Clownico the Clown. All right then. Uh, don't care what the internet says. Sadie has spoken. <laughs> stop it. Really stop it. <laughs> I just need to sell Chris Jericho my like here, just take her. I don't know what you're gonna do, you know. He did have the hounds. I remember that when, when, yeah. when uh, he had that program with Vanguard one. Release the hounds. I think I could sell her as a hound. True. Well, I mean if you remember what the hounds look like, I feel like Sadie might fit in. She would absolutely <laughs> fit in. So I I'll I'll hit him up. Oh, I'll hit him up. Um, that next incarnation. Little dog, Jericho. <laughs> yeah. That is uh, it for the EW News. Go to LuchaCentral.com. We keep on telling you, but it's because it's the truth. Results for Dynamite and Dark are available on Luchacentral.com. Uh, and next, I mean, this is, for me, super exciting. Uh, I get to talk about NXT, and that means we get to talk about NXT TakeOver 31, which I think was definitely a takeover that not a lot of fans were expecting to be as good as it was. Uh, But uh, although the entire show was fantastic. Uh, But, of course, three Lucha-related matches that were very, very solid, and and one in particular I'm very excited to talk about uh, with Dusty and uh, Brendan because I learned a few things this past weekend. And so, you know, Dusty and Brendan always teach me new things and and help me learn more (laughs) about Lucha Libre, and and they did it again. So before we get into, you know, uh, the women's match, I do want to talk about Damian Priest versus Johnny Gargano. Uh, The North American Championship was on the line. Johnny Takeover was in full force. Uh, I mean, he had some amazing moveset, really trying to address Damian's height. I mean, there's an obvious height yeah. disadvantage between Johnny and Damian. Damian came out already with you know, signature kick. Johnny was able to uh, avoid them and even ended up trying to really uh, uh, attack Damian's legs. Hit him, hit the giant where it hurts. He had a lot of moves on his shin. Um, and they even took it outside of the ring. Um, and uh, there was some attempts by Damian Priest to make the ra- of the Razor's Edge. Um, they were countered by Gargano. Uh, roundhouse kick that also Gargano missed out on. Um, so, I mean, he's very, very agile. I mean, this is not his first rodeo. So prepared. Um, also, I mean, Johnny Gargano landed a really impressive standing fly spread. Um, that kind of be away. So if you're talking about kind of that fast-paced high flyer, that was really Johnny Gargano's match. But ultimately, um, 
Damien Priest would be able to, um, you know, utilize his height um, and his, his picking ability in order to uh, defeat Johnny Gargano. There was also a, a spot where uh, security came out of nowhere and, and distracted uh, the referee and a, a low blow, uh, but alas, uh, could not um, uh, win. And Damien Priest landed a, the reckoning um, for the three counts and a, a really great way to start off TakeOver 31. Uh, the second match I want to talk about is, of course, the Cruiserweight Championship. Champion Santos yeah. Escobar faced Isaiah Swerve Scott. This is something that's been brewing ever since we had the Cruiserweight Championship Tournament. And, and since Santos has won, um, he's had some beef with Isaiah Scott. And, uh, you know, Escobar came out of this match early on um, with being the aggressor. Um, but Isaiah was able to kind of hit the groove. And commentary did a good job of kind of showing that Isaiah seemed to be putting more energy into really in that cruiserweight mentality, high-flying, fast-paced. Um, and they kind of mm-hmm. noted it may not be as necessary because, you know, uh, I think kind of almost showing off a little bit or just that what he could do. Um, ultimately, though, we did have uh, Legado de Fantasma ran some interference. Uh, but Ashanti uh, Adonis ran in to help Isaiah uh, throughout the – during that part of the match – to kind of even the odds. Um, Santos landed a phantom driver towards the middle of the match and Swerve kicked mm-hmm. out, which was, I, for me, very surprising. Um, I, and then, I was worried at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about the near falls. <laughs> you know, there's always near falls, takeovers. This one, to me, had like the, that classic near falls in that, you mm-hmm. know, takeovers are synonymous with. Um, at, you know, Santos did hit a three amigos. And a kind of a sloppy frog, you know, like you, you, you gotta, if, if people, you know, on the main roster or, or in a WWE show us, if you're going to do a frog splash, you got to do it right or don't do it. Oh wrong. yeah. Oh yeah. Um, well, and especially I know because, after you hit three. Of them. Yes, yeah. Yes. And I know because Isaiah, <laughs> you know, moved out of the way. So I know that was even then you could tell there was some hesitation in that frog splash. Um, mm-hmm. And, and so ultimately, uh, Escobar won a, uh, ended up landing, I believe, another Phantom Driver uh, for the win. And I thought the mid entrance was stunning. Wore uh, a lucha mask to the ring and uh, kind of like a half suit with just the suit top and, and a huge sombrero, which. Yeah, the chagro sombrero and kind of the mariachi yes. top. Yeah, it was it's so that. cool. It looks so, so, uh, a really fantastic match. Um, and that entrance still gets me. I still love the music, the lighting, the, the way that they set it up is still one of my favorites right now in WWE. Uh, yeah. Uh, one of the few people that I don't, uh, take the extra, that extra long entrance time to go get, refresh my glass of water. I still have to watch <laughs> his entrance. Yeah. Yeah. It's so captivating. Like, yeah. Yeah. And another, even though there was some like, the Fantasma, he didn't cheat. There wasn't any trickery. And, and that was a big thing, I think, uh, that shows a sign of where this feud may be going. We won clean. Um, because that was part of the promos prior to this, where uh, I, Scott kept saying, talking about manipulated, you know, uh, lucha masks and the interference with Legado de Fantasma. Um, you know, Legacy, they, heritage, tradition. Nothing else in that mask. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> quoting Isaiah Swerve Scott. 
And I am quoting, I'm quoting Santos Escobar, keeping the fans informed. Yeah. Legacy, (laughs) heritage, tradition. Yeah. And actually, so I did, I wasn't mistaken, he didn't hit the Phantom Driver, it was an underhook shoulder buster. So somewhat a little different than than what I had originally stated uh, with that. So that was, that was, uh, I'm I'm correcting it now. Uh, but the, again, uh, that that was a very interesting aspect of this match, which leads me to believe that this may be over for now. That that actually not being the Phantom Driver is what surprised me. So like earlier yeah, in yeah. the match, as you pointed out, he hit the Phantom Driver and Swerve kicked out, and and the first thing in my head was, oh no, he's going to lose his cool now, and that's going to be Swerve winning the championship. Mm-hmm. And then then so you had a good amount of match after that still, and then you he hit that move. And because it was not one of the moves that I'm used to Escobar hitting uh, or in any of his previous incarnations hitting and and winning with, I wasn't really thinking this is where we get the one, two, three. So I like stopped and and did a couple of blinks and then went, oh, okay, it's it's over. Great. Mm -hmm. So, um, but yeah, uh, him winning clean. I don't know if that means that he he can finally have the argument that maybe he should face somebody else. That's what I'm hoping for. Because as much as I love seeing this series, I would love to see him wrestle a bunch of other guys on the 205 and the NXT roster. So Very true. I, I agree. Uh, the last match I want to talk about uh, for TakeOver 31, and for me, this one that uh, I didn't know I was going to love as much as I did, but really fell in love with it afterward, mm-hmm. was um, the NXT Women's Champion Io Shirai versus Candice LeRae. And this one was interesting to me because somewhat early on in the match, I believe it was Beth Phoenix on commentary, mentioned Eero Eo's Lucha Libre background and training and how mm-hmm. that uh, is something that they haven't, from what I recall, very much on commentary or have referenced much uh, throughout her career in NXT. But how really, that yeah. training, on top of what she's in her origins in Japan, has made her super deadly in the ring. And so um, that, too, I don't know if a lot of, you know, fans uh, of EO know that, but in just doing some exploration and research, um, found out about, you know, her career starting in 2010 in Mexico. Uh, back in October, she debuted for IWN and eventually made way uh, to AAA later on that year as mm-hmm. well and worked in AAA for many years. Um, mm-hmm. Also worked within the women's division, the mixed tag team division, um, and really had a, a very big career. But both of you had more insight too about Eo's career in, in Mexico. Yeah, they, her and her sister both, they wore the masks, like the entrance masks you see um, when she was in uh, IWRG. And then when she was in AAA, I believe her name was Oyuki. And she, yeah, they wrestled around. There was a, a legal snafu that happened. There was a lot of issues between the Japanese liaison and some of the wrestlers from Japan and Mexico and et cetera. So it kind of snagged up her travel back and forth. But after that, she went on to Lucha Underground. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, she was, she's legit. She has legit Lucha credentials. And mm-hmm. she trained in Mexico. She wrestled in Mexico. Um, for several years, yeah, I yeah. Mean, she, she's the mm-hmm. real deal. Yeah, yeah. she, she wasn't even just put her in hair the... on the line and in a place this match. Yes, yeah, yeah. the four-way elimination match, from what I remember seeing, um, for mm-hmm. a hair versus mask match. Yeah, 
which is uh, a thing if you are in IWRG or AAA and you're there for more than than a couple of cards, you're probably going to be in some kind of opuestas match because they love to have that as their main event and they they'll have multi-mans. This brings us back to that Castillo de Terror and lots of these uh, things where the either the first person eliminated or the last person eliminated mm-hmm. is the person that loses mask or hair and it's um, yeah. Yeah, so she's she's done all of that. It's fantastic. Yeah, uh, and, and just, really just seeing her through that throughout the match too. That that just the blend of her training. I mean, she hit a Asai moonsault, a six one nine, um, a springboard missile drop kick. I mean, there was a mm-hmm. lot put into that match uh, with Candice yes. LeRae. That again shows that both, both sides of, of her training that, um, mm-hmm. and she is not afraid to. You know, be in the air uh, at all, um, and, and Candice, I mean, too, has has one of uh, the a really impressive um, uh, set of moves herself, and so this was a really fun match to um, to watch. I, I again, I, I was surprised, and um, Candice Lorey locked in the Gargano escape um, as well, and you could really see how that was hidden EO, um, and there was even a. Uh, moment too where the ref got knocked out and Johnny Gargano came out in a ref shirt to try and uh, do the three <laughs> I don't know why people think if you just put on a ref shirt it's going to count but ultimately Bailey has set the precedent <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's um, where I was at I was like hey if it works for Bailey I'm going to try it that's, that's kind of <laughs> you know at the end of the match uh, EO uh, hit Candice LeRae with a Spanish fly and then uh, hit her with a moonsault uh, and to win the, the match. And uh, this yeah. was, again, just really, really entertaining, really fun to watch. And the things, a lot of things clicked for me with EO in this match. So mm. uh, I really appreciate the commentary just bringing that out. And, you know, for a lot of fans, they were aware, but who didn't have a, as much of an idea about her um, background. I had heard about her work it's underground, but didn't know that depth is to her career. And so, oh. um, yeah, so that, that was, again, a fantastic match. Highly recommend anyone who hasn't watched TakeOver 31 to do that. And also announced at TakeOver 31 uh, was the return of Halloween Havoc. Uh, that is yes. going to happen during an episode of XT. I believe it is going to be the Wednesday, October 28th edition. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be hosted by none other than Shotzi Blackheart. Uh, so Sorry. that is going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. And for many fans uh, of WCW, of even Lucha Libre, Halloween Havoc is synonymous with one of the best Lucha Libre matches of all time. Um, so so I think some, I think fans are just very, very excited uh, to see this WCW entity back. And it seems so fitting for NXT and also Shotzi Blackheart. Oh, yeah, well, as as I, I mentioned, we were talking about uh, that that excitement, the excitement for that picture and that that uh, really cool package they did for that. Uh, that is that is Shotzi in real life. She is a huge fan of this time of year. She's got a, a she's got such a, a affinity for old school monster movies, and I was so excited to see that she's going to be the face of this this. Uh, return of Halloween Havoc as a result of that. We definitely are going to be talking about that episode of NXT when it happens on October 28th. 
But speaking of Shotzi Blackheart, this week on NXT, I defeated Zia Lee in a single one in itself. Went fairly quickly. Zia Lee is fantastic, but you know, she was uh, very hard pressed. And, I mean, Shotzi Blackheart is fearless in the ring. She will sacrifice life. And so that is something we consistently see from her every week, every time she wrestles. Um, and, yeah, why not have a win in the comments? or the host of Halloween Havoc. Um, another interesting note that happened on NXT this week um, was a uh, tag match that ended up meaning, uh, main eventing this week's episode. Uh, Rhea Ripley and Ember Moon, who returned at TakeOver 31, uh, defeated Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. Uh, this was set up earlier in the night where Ember Moon came out to address the crowd uh, address, you know, her absence from and also, you know, she was she's gunning Io Shirai's belt. Um, from there, Io came out to address her, uh, and then as well as Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez came out, but then Rhea Ripley interrupted attacking Raquel Gonzalez from behind. Uh, so or was it the other way around? Was it Ripley that came out and Dakota that I'm trying to remember that order? I. I don't have the, the it, I just remember being really excited at that point because I kind of knew what they were building and it didn't matter who hit who at that point, just right. And that's all what fight. I'm kind of thinking. I'm kind of, I was second guessing <laughs> this, this, this order just because I've seen many times Rhea and um, um, Raquel just like mm-hmm. going back and forth. So part of me thinks they came out first and Rhea uh, attacked, uh, but still, I mean, either way. They set up a tag match for later at night. Um, and that's an interesting dynamic because both Ember and Rhea both are gunning for EO uh, to, you know, EO's uh, title. Um, so Dakota and Raquel uh, are the more established tag team. Uh, but Ember was able to land the O, or I keep saying the O, okay, that's not the name anymore. Clip uh, uh, Kai for the we continue to see some rumblings between Rachel Gonzalez and Rhea Ripley. We feel that's going to happen. But also Rhea Ripley and Ember Moon both trying to you know, gain ahead uh, for a shot at Io Shirai's NXT Championship. So, yeah, you know what I I want? I want Raquel to get inserted into that uh, that three-way for that. Like, she may not win that one, but if you have those two plus Raquel and a three-way for the number one contenders, I'm, I'm throwing money to, to to the ring right there. I mean, they're doing a fantastic job with Jacob in the division right now in NXT. So, mm-hmm. uh, yes. Okay, and I got it wrong. So it was Rhea Ripley who came out, and then she got attacked by Dakota and Raquel. I knew I knew that there was something I, I had kind of flip-flopped. So, uh, yes, I mean, Rhea Ripley came out during the beginning promo to interrupt, and then Dakota and Raquel, you know, got that sneak attack on her. So my apologies for flipping that. Um, but, again, that still proves the point where – we keep seeing Rhea and Raquel clash. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'll be very excited when we finally get them one. Oh, yeah. Well, that's going to be the match. I, I know we're going to get a bunch in between that. Enjoy all of those, too. Yeah. Make sure you go to LuchaCentral.com for the results for both TakeOver 31 and uh, the week episode. Uh, up next, though, Brendan's from CMLL and their their most recent IP All right. So, yeah, we had another pay-per-view. Uh, there were several matches that happened uh, before this, uh, but these, as I mentioned when I was breaking down the ticket package, the big 
event going on here is the beginning of a, w- a women's tag tournament. And uh, it is, unfortunately, I'm not still 100% on the rules. It's very difficult for me with my limited Spanish to catch all of this. But they did a classic CMLL start where they had a an over-the-top elimination-style match. And the, the order in which you were eliminated was your seeding. Uh, how they determined seeding in the tournament. So you had Scotty, uh, who uh, eliminated. Oh, well, uh, Scotty came out at the, as the the last person. Eliminations were Sedactora. Uh, it's not right either. I have screwed up my notes. Uh, so you you had Scotty, Metallica, Magnifica, Reina, Reina Isis, and Sedactora in this battle royal. Um, when I, so I'm going to trust these notes better. Eliminations went uh, first. Seductora was eliminated, then Scotty, then Magnifica, and then Metallica, leaving Reina Isis and Magnifica, who then had to go instead of throwing their opponent over the rope. At that point, they had to get a single pinfall and not a two out of three falls match because that would be insane. Uh, then, then we moved on to having the tag team of Mapola and Metallica against Magnifica and Silhouetta. Um, and that was Amapola and Metallica got the win there. Uh, and Marcella and Scotty against La Comandante and La Sadactora. And Marcella and Scotty got the win there. And Amapola and Metallica against Marcella and Scotty. So which uh, they uh, Mapola and Metallica won and moved on to the quarterfinals, and uh, then you had a Mapola and Metallica against uh, Reina Isis and Tiffany, and uh, the Mapola and Metallica advanced to the finals. So we're going to determine who they're going to face in next week's pay per view, from the sound of it. And then you had uh, a, a main event with uh, a six man Atomico. Uh, and, and uh, I actually didn't even get my notes on that because I was so busy trying to make sure I had this tag team stuff right. Uh, we will be continuing the women's tag team for two more weeks. We will find out who Amapola and Metallica will be facing. And, uh, and then, uh, on the third week, I believe we will see that match, uh, with a full, uh, a full other undercard on it. And uh, so that is your three, your initial three-week package. If you are still thinking about getting that that package for the women's tournament, and again, I will remind people that these uh, iPay-per-views for CMLL do not have a video on demand option. So if you can't be home on a Friday night and Halloween is coming up, uh, don't buy these. Can guarantee. But uh, that's that's the fun stuff I've got for. We will be watching the more of the women's tournament and. Uh, I believe there's going to be some big names on this one, but uh, as always, we are they they announce on Wednesdays a lot of the time, so information is uh, not always the easiest for me to get ahead of time for these recordings. So uh, that's where we're at. Now, Dusty's going to be hearing some exciting news from this past week's AAA. Yeah, it's been a long five months since we've had any new matches from AAA. Yeah, the last new action we got from them was the Lucha Fighter Tournament. That was five months ago. What is time? Oh, I know. (laughs) It went so fast. 
this was a great show. I mean, like way better than anybody could have ever anticipated. It was full of amazing matches, and I loved the presentation. It's also remarkable how many fans they were able to include, but it's still you know, they were able to make it feel like it was completely safe for everybody. Mm-hmm. And so let's get to the matches. Laparca defeated Dinastia. This was a great opening match, and the visuals of the show, the ring looks great, the visuals look great, but it didn't have the usual pacing you might expect from a AAA opening match. But it was still really fun, and it was a fine opener for the first AAA show in months. And then we had Fabia Apache defeating Hades. This was another great match. This had a much better pace, super smooth action. Um, Io Del Torrantes was the heel ref. The whole crowd hated him. He's the best at what he does. It's yeah, just he's really good. Fantastic. He was really, really good. Really interesting. <laughs> Hearing all the cars honk at him, like they. Oh my gosh! Yes, they love to hate him, and it's so good. It was amazing. Uh, Fabi Apache hit a stunning dragon suplex in the match. She just looked amazing the entire match. Hades looked amazing, too. Uh, she's quickly becoming one of my favorite luchadoras, but it wasn't enough to defeat Fabi Apache. This was her match. And then we had one of my two favorite matches of the night. Maximo and friend of the show, Mr. Iguana, defeated Carter Bravo Jr. and Moko Kota Jr. Um, this match was amazing. I might be biased a little because Mr. Iguana is a friend of the show, one of my favorite luchadors, <laughs> but he really brought a lot of spice to the match. Yeska was there. Uh, Maximo looked great, too. He even hit a moonsault. Like, this was just a really great match. It was one of the better Maximo matches I've seen in a long time. Like, he really... Something about the pairing with Mr. Iguana really seemed to bring out the best in him. And it was a fun tag team match and i hope everybody checks that out i have a question for you go ahead did yeska wear her mask to the no mr iguana had a pikachu mask but yeska did not have a mask this time unfortunately i was disappointed but maybe iguanas can't get covid i haven't done the research (laughs) and and i'm sure i'm sure that yeska has (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but they, there have been a few dogs that have tested positive, but more overall, it's been noted that most are not uh, susceptible to uh, COVID. So, you know, um, maybe she she doesn't need it, but uh, she's a role model. She, she should be thinking <laughs> of the kids out there. I'm just saying. Exactly. It's not, not a bad idea to be thinking of the kids. <laughs> Uh, we followed that up with the AAA World Cruiserweight Champion match. Laredo Kid oh. defeated Octagon, Octagon Jr. And if you haven't seen this match, you need to watch it like right now. We all know Laredo Kid is a great, great luchador. But oh my gosh, this match is something else. Like I can't even stress to you enough how amazing this match was. It was just everything in it is so perfect and everything is so good. I just have to say, watch it. Like my words will never be able to get across how great this was. Laredo kid, you know, he's got some feuding there with Kenny Omega. He's, you know, trying to get some things going. He's going to be a big star soon. Like there's no way an American company isn't going to try to snap him up after seeing this match. Like it was just, (laughs) Fantastic. I mean, it might be the match of the year for real, like Mm -hmm. international match of the year. It was insane how good it was. They said that uh, Laredo Kid and Drago had had 
an amazing match the weekend, the day before, earlier in the weekend. And so hopefully we'll get to see that soon. But Laredo Kid is at the top of his game right now, and he is the best of the best. And we followed the uh, Laredo Kid and Octagon Jr. match with Tejano Jr., defeating Drago, and like I said, Drago had the match with Laredo Kid, a real barn burner from everything I've read on Saturday's show, and that was mm-hmm. taped, but he was still, he had a lot of matches, so Drago is always incredible, and Tejano can be incredible with the right opponent, so I was really looking forward to this match. The crowd was super into this match. If you thought they were honking the horns for Tarantes, wait till you see the finish of this match. He wins by a low blow foul on Drago, and the crowd went nuts. They hated him. All you could hear was horn. And, like, everybody in there was laying on him. It was, the, the sound was great. The impression it gave was great. It was just fantastic. And our final match of the night, Pagano defeated Chessman and Psycho Clown. Uh, This wasn't the insane tour de force that the other matches on the card were. And on any other card, this would have been a really fantastic match. But it was just hard to follow those three matches in the middle. Like, they were so good that this match just... It wasn't that it was a bad match. It just wasn't what the previous few had been and so three or four matches had been so you know it just wasn't the the finisher that i kind of expected on top of that but at the same time i don't know how anybody could have topped some of the things we saw earlier in Mm -hmm. the night chessman looks better than ever he must have been working out during the lockdown he looked great a uh, psycho clown looked great. He had a top rope Spanish fly on Pagano. I don't know if Pagano's ever taken a Spanish fly from the top rope before. That was pretty cool. And Pagano was just Pagano the entire match. Like you know what you get with Pagano, and that's what we got. But we also got the AAA cookie sheets in this match. It yeah. just doesn't look like a AAA show without Chessman and the cookie sheets. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a table spot at the end that I didn't really care for, and. Chessman fouled Psycho Clown by pulling off his mask like 60 seconds before it ended. I wasn't a fan of that either. But it was a fun match all in all. And the Auto Lucha show in, in its entirety in Todos was spectacular. Mm, I, yeah. I really encourage everybody to watch it. I think if you look on YouTube, you can find it. But it's definitely on Facebook Watch. And it is just fantastic. Like, yeah. I mean, this is, uh, you know, like a once a year, like a WrestleMania caliber right? show. I thought that was just me insane. in my head when I was watching it. It's like an auto version of WrestleMania. With, uh, it and really was. The, the stage was elevated and like the setup with the, the canopy reminded yes. me so much of WrestleMania. But yeah. the lighting, all of that too. Like, Gave me a and the match quality, vibe. yeah, Ooh, it yeah, just that, felt that like too. WrestleMania. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like the the way it all came together, it felt like such a yeah. big deal. It and was, it was a big policy presentation. Yeah, I really loved all of that part of it. Um, I do want to sneak in for a tiny correction for you there, Dusty. In the first match, that was La Parca Negra. Uh, oh. Yeah, uh, it, it's an important distinction as yes, Laparca has his role has not been filled and probably won't be any times. I just yes. uh, didn't want any, yes. yeah didn't want anyone to get excited and and uh, send nasty letters to to. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate <Thanks>. that. <laughs> yeah, we, we do our best here to to help each other. 
With that too, does you have some uh, New Japan news as, as well? Yeah, we have a few quick updates in Lucha News from New Japan this week. And G1 tournament news on the ninth night of G1, Jeff Cobb had a win against Jay White. But on night seven and night 11, he lost matches to Cody Ibushi and Kazuchika Okada, respectively. At the time we recorded, Jeff is number nine in the A block ranking with two wins and four losses. And at the Lions Break Crown event from Ocean View Pavilion in California, we also had the team of Jeff Cobb, Mysterioso Jr., Rocky Romero, and David Finley up against the team Bullet Club, which was Chase Owens, Hikuleo, Jay White, and Kenta in the big eight-man match, but... Sadly, our Lucha guys didn't pull off the win, and they lost. But it's a good placement. Mysterioso Jr.'s been getting a lot of TV time out in California since the uh, kind of restrictions and the lockdown and everything have been going on. So it's interesting and exciting. There's been a lot of travel restrictions, so they're developing their U.S. brand in uh, California. So it would be nice to see... Mm -hmm. How many luchadors and more lucha talent come through? Because we know New Japan loves luchadors. Dragon Lee has a contract with them, for instance. And so it would be exciting to to see if they kind of pick up some more lucha talent through their West Coast operation. Uh, we have other news on in that front, too, to help with yes. the speculation station. Because uh, they have their... their the, person in charge of the American branding stepped down. I believe it was this week. It might've been the last. Yeah. Week. Meiji. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He, uh, he was, uh, unpopular with several wrestlers. There were allegations that he had done what he could to keep former new Japan wrestlers from America out of Japan periods. So they couldn't work for like DDT, for example. And so with him out, it kind of opens the door. We saw some of that with Tanahashi appearing on the, Mm-hmm. AW Dynamite with the New Japan Lion behind him. So doors are opening. Things are changing within New Japan. And I really think that we could see some interesting things from them going forward. Yeah. So, uh, again, that's just a positive news if you are a fan of New Japan's relationship with luchadors and, and American, uh, I'm just going to say, the West Coast-style wrestler. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know. Because uh, that's they, the way it is. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, positive news. Definitely, yeah. Looking forward to see what New Japan steps are in the near future. I think the the rest of 2020 and the first several months of 2021 are going to be very interesting for the landscape of wrestling as far as Mexico, Japan, the United States, to see where these all intersect. Oh, yes. And, and you know where you can keep track of all of that? I bet you guys can guess where what I'm going to say. Oh, I bet uh, we can. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can keep track of all of that on LuchaCentral.com. And uh, we're going to go right there. If you're listening to this and you haven't been to LuchaCentral.com, you really should do it because we talk about it as be- every week. And we're not making this up. We're, we love this. LuchaCentral.com is the online home for Lucha Libre, where you can get all of the top news in English and in Spanish. Find the best curated video content and original content not seen anywhere else. Find when Lucha Libre events would be happening in your area. Find photo galleries from top photographers covering Lucha Libre around the world. Around the world. That includes Japan. A place to have your voices heard from weekly polls to annual awards seen and read by top executives in all of the major Lucha Libre promotions across the globe. 
and uh, it's free. So go to LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. And now we have our signature segment this week. That's right. Now it's time for this week in Lucha Libre history. Be sure to check in at LuchaCentral.com every day for this day and Lucha Libre by Pep Carrera for information, birth dates, anniversaries, amazing videos, so much more, everything all about Lucha Libre at LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things. This week, I chose October the 11th, 1999, when Jushin Thunder Liger won the IWGP (laughs) Junior Heavyweight Championship for the ninth time in his career after beating Kendo Kashin at the New Japan Final Dome at the Tokyo Dome in Tokyo, Japan. Everybody knows I'm a huge Jushin Thunder Liger fan, but I also chose this because of Kendo Kashin. He was a collegiate wrestler, um, he was a college wrestler in Japan who just started getting noticed, kind of like Brock Lesnar did. And after graduating college, he debuted in New Japan uh, in 1992, and his first match was against Tiger Mask 3. He was instantly treated like a big deal in Japan. He went on to an MMA career. I mean, this is a guy that beat Ryan Gracie in an MMA fight. So he's tough, and he's the real deal. In 1999, before this, um, in July, he won the best of the Super G- And then in August, he won the IW Junior Heavyweight title before eventually dropping it to Jushin Liger in this match and embarking on an MMA career. Uh, Kendo's also a masked wrestler as well, so you should definitely check him out. I encourage everybody to do that. He's got a cool mask, cool look. He was a, yeah, a unique talent amongst New Japan. And he's currently, or at least pre- lockdown and everything he was currently a trainer for a lot of the wrestlers in uh nxt after being recommended by finn balor he had done a lot of finn's training in japan and so he got the job that way so it was just a an exciting way to see some of his wrestling career the end of his wrestling career against somebody that i love like jushin thunder liger Mm -hmm. and who did you pick this week brendan or what date did you pick (laughs) <laughs> so fans i promise it i did not do this on purpose but if you want to hear about lucha libre in japan this uh, the last couple of segments we got you covered because this mm-hmm. week i chose october 10th 2017 when team lucha libre triple a won the third edition of the lucha libre world cup after beating team japan uh, which consisted of taji ishimori and high 69 in the world-famous Korokan Hall, the uh, uh, Cathedral of Japan. I mean, you have to wrestle in Korokan Hall to know you've made it in Japan. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a big deal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, This was the first year that the Lucha Libre World Cup had gone outside of Mexico, and it went to Japan. It didn't go to the U.S., where uh, which would have seemed like my that was my guess. Like if they're going to leave the border, they'll they'll go to L.A. and do a show, or they'll go to the, the New York show. Honestly, when I saw they were booked in Madison Square, I was thinking, could we get the World Cup? That'd be nice. Oh, that'd be so cool. Yeah. But, um, so this was the first year. It was somewhere else, and it was in Japan. It was uh, a number of the events before the Cork and Hall final were in other arenas but uh they did this the um the the matches were a little harder for me to find as a result i believe a lot of a lot more of them were on new japan's 
site when uh, when this first happened. Uh, and th- at the time, I didn't have a hookup with that. But uh, I, I this match, Psycho Clown and Pagano, your your two crazy clowns against Taji Izumori uh, and his partner. I know very little of that man, unfortunately. Uh, but uh, had that you know exciting match, and I believe this was the first signature win for Team Mexico. That's not to say that. Uh, the Mexican superstars hadn't done well in the uh, in the World Cup because the you had a, you had a, an all star team from Mexico win one. You had Team Mexico go to the finals the the next year. So uh, it, you know they always look good, uh, but uh, Mexico and Japan in the finals is a fantastic bit of history and really again puts the stamp on how important lucha libre is as a tradition of wrestling that Japan seems to enjoy uh, and that's uh, that's kind of why I was excited by this one I, I didn't realize we were going to have so much Japanese focus in in the last five minutes but that's what I went with Miranda what uh, non-Japanese match did you choose? <laughs> <laughs> that's a good call because non-Japanese but I kind of I kind of cheated and I picked two because they're interrelated, and uh, and I do what I want, so that's also why. Um, but I have a reason for it, so so please bear with me. The first date I chose was October fifth, two thousand five, and that's when uh, uh, Lucha Libre founder Antonio Pena passed away at the age of fifty-five. Um, born on June thirteenth, nineteen fifty-one, um, he was the founder of the Cicintia, Estoria y Emilion, also known as AAA. Um, and really, even before that, I mean, the, the fact that AAA is not only something that we talk about uh, here on the show frequently, it really is a cornerstone of Lucha Libre. Um, it, in Mexico, it helped bring uh, the style of Lucha Libre to the United States. Um, and it, it really is, I mean, that, that is the uh, equivalent, uh, one of the big equivalents of, you know, one of the big promotions here in the United States. Um, so it really is uh, a cornerstone of Lucha Libre, and all of that is, you know, in thanks to Antonio, Antonio Peña. Um, he started off his career as a, a luchador himself, as a masked character called El Genio, which is short for genius. And after that, he ended up um, wrestling under the name Espectro Jr. Um, and still wrestled under uh, a mask there. From from there, uh, career, he ended up working behind the scenes as a booker um, for CMLL. And at that point, um, had a lot of influence um, in the creative forces behind CMLL and really helped change the direction of the promotion. Um, however, at one point when he thought that the company was no longer listening to him, he ended up moving over to AAA, uh, who at the time was owned by Televisa. Um, and then in uh, 95, he was buying AAA from Televisa, and kind of the rest of his history from there. Um, with the other date I chose was an important uh into his anniversary show. So October 7th, 2007, um, AAA held the very first edition of the Antonio Peña Memorial Show. Um, and in the main event, Chessman's hair in the Domo de la Muerta match, um, the Dome of Death, um, Chessman lost that and had to shave off his head. 
uh, hair, not his head. Uh, but you would think maybe at the Dome of Death, uh, maybe Anya would have appreciated. Um, yeah. Also, um, we had uh, the very first ever Copa de Antonio Peña, um, which uh, Charlie Manson won after uh, winning a 12-man gauntlet match. And that also beat people like Conan and Scott Hall as well. Um, and they wow. were able to, to uh, mention and, and kind of help highlight, you know, how uh, their careers were impacted by Antonio. So uh, the event still exists, but it's now been Edos Immortales. Uh, or mortal heroes, so the, it still exists, but it's no longer called the Antonio Peña Memorial Show. It is now uh, Erios Immortales. So uh, that's why I chose both because they were very connected and uh, really showing the influence of Antonio Peña uh, with AAA, and also ultimately the influence of AAA and Lucha Libre in Mexico and the impact it's had in the United so all of this information and more is available on Roll.com in this day entry. So make sure you check it out. Let us know what your favorite day was this week uh, in this day in Lucha Libre history. Let us know on social media. But next, a commercial from our partner, ChairShot.com. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. As we head into the end of the show, Brendan has some updates on the Ring of Honor Pure Turn. That's right, because I'm going to make you guys make, let me talk about this every week. Um, pure, we are out of the first round. So uh, all of the opening round matches have happened this week that were the last two. Uh, Tracy Williams uh, advanced to the to the finals uh, against. Uh, I don't know why I failed to write that down. Uh, um, but so he won the one that uh, I was uh, I was excited to watch personally, but it's very less lucha libre. And then uh, PJ Black, our own lucha darewolf, PJ Black advanced over uh, up and coming Tony Deppin. So. Uh, we're going to see PJ Black in another round of this, and he is going to be matching up against another grappling style wrestler. So this is kind of part of why I keep saying I'm really excited about matchups, even uh, with uh, the other elements that we've got going on. There's a lot of uh, lucha in just pure format that they're using. So there you go. PJ Black will be in the next round, which, uh, but uh, not on next week's episode so you can we'll give you more updates as as we move ahead and off the end of the show we have some impact wrestling news we haven't talked about impact in a little bit but we are heading to bound for glory we definitely share starting first this past saturday impact wrestling presented victory road exclusive uh to the impact plus app on that show we had rohit raju still currently the exhibition champion and he introduced the Beat Rohit Challenge, an open challenge where anyone uh, from the roster can come and uh, face. Um, this will be important later on as well. But uh, at Victory Road, it was for the Exhibition Championship. And who else but answered the call? Former ex himself, Willie Mack. And so we had a match between Willie Mack and Rohit Raju. Uh, you know, this one, Willie Mack can have a great match with him. That is just a testament, as always, to Willie Mack. Very competitive match. Style of 
Um, Rohit Raju followed along with, with uh, Willie Mack. It was actually very surprising um, to see that. And maybe not surprising because that's what Rohit has been saying all along, that he's actually worthy of this champion. However, there's a, a spot where uh, both men uh, ended up hitting each other's heads, almost like a huge headbutt, um, where Rohit Raju fell out of the ring. Um, and the referee made the 10 count. Rohit was not able to land back into the ring uh, prior to the 10 count. So Willie Mack didn't win the match, uh, but Rohit uh, ended up retaining the X Division champion. Uh, this past day on Impact, Rohit came out again for the Rohit Challenge, uh, and Willie Mack came out again. Rohit let him know, sorry, you already had your three road. You don't get another one. But who else came out? For the B Challenge, well, Jordan Grace, former Knockouts champion, came out. And uh, awesome. at one point, uh, you know, Rohit was so distracted by, by Willie, wasn't quite sure what he knew and how to face uh, Jordan Grace. After the bell rang, Jordan hit a quick roll-up for the 1-2-3. And at one point, we saw the world with the X Division champion. However, Rohit went to the referee and claimed, I never said the championship was on the line. It was a beat Rohit <laughs> challenge, but not for the exit. So the referee, though uh, Jordan did win the match, reversed the decision uh, as far as the title. So Rohit Raju is still your exit. However, when Scott Demore uh, approached Rohit after his match in the back, you know, really commending him for giving opportunities uh, to people on the roster and loved the challenge. You know, now that there's been so, so much tension and shakeup in the X Division, uh, set up a match. For Bound for Glory, and we're going to have a six-way scramble for the X Division Champion. Rohit Raju is going to defend the X Division Championship against CJP, Chris Bay, Trey Miguel, Willie Mack. So, wow, what a uh, right? Yes. Oh man, a, a big matchup. So we talk about you know the X Division uh, being a, a torchbearer for Impact Wrestling, and for those you know who are Lucha Libre fans, you definitely have a taste of that in plus more. So set for Bound for Glory, a six-way scramble. Uh, we will definitely be talking about it as it gets closer to that match. Also this week on Impact, we had Taya Valkyrie and Rosemary, Tasha Steeles and Kira Hogan. This stems from Kira Hogan and Tasha Steeles interfering with the upcoming match of Rosemary and uh, Johnny, uh, Taya's manager. So uh, they, they've been interfering with that. Taya and Rosemary have not liked it. So they had a match, and I mean, Taya. Anytime Taya's in an impact, it's it's so entertaining and fun to watch. Her tag team with Rosemary is great, but also to see uh, her up against some of the younger talents, and Tasha and Kiera. Those mm-hmm. ladies have some attitude. Taya has attitude. Tasha and Kiera have that uh, in in spades. Um, but successfully, Taya and Rosemary um, the match, and we still are having a, a wedding between Rosemary and Johnny Bravo coming up. So and. Ty is helping plan in, and Ty is very involved to see what happens. But some exclusive news that dropped today uh, from Impact Wrestling is that at Bound for Glory, they announced they're having multiple language uh, commentary, including a Spanish comment um, of Hector Moody Jack Melendez and Conan. Uh, so for those of, uh, interested in the Spanish commentary for Bound for Glory, you have really... Uh, 
a very interesting duo set up for Bountiful, uh, Hector Melendez and Conan. And that leads to a lot of questions about, you know, what Conan's involvement with Impact Wrestling is going to be. We know that Impact had a history with AAA before, a, a good relationship with them mm-hmm. in the past, even up to, you know, this past uh, year, the beginning of the year when they were in Mexico. Um, mm-hmm. However, you know, things have changed with the company, things have changed because of COVID. So we are still unsure what the relationship is, uh, whether it's AAA or Mexico and, and Impact Wrestling. But Conan's presence, I think, you know, some wiggle room to see uh, what the future will hold. Absolutely. Yeah, it'll be exciting. Uh, that is your Impact Wrestling update for the week, and we will for sure keep you updated as we hit, uh, you know, Bound for Glory, which is going to be on Saturday, October 24th, a few weeks away. Oh, and that does it for this Lucha oh. Central Central. Oh. Oh. oh, I have I had a last minute thing pop into my inbox too. Oh. I wanted to. Yeah. Oh, oh okay. Um, it, okay. It is, uh, our friends over at uh, Lucha Das Mash have. Um, yes have announced that they are going to have a flash sale starting Friday morning. So when this show is dropping, if you are one of those people that listens to it first thing in the morning, uh, go over to Lucha Central or Lucha-Mass.com to get up to 50% on uh, anything in their flash sale element. And with the new page design, I've already looked at it. It's front and center. And they also, in the email, are saying that there is going to be new designs, new exclusive designs that we will be seeing at Expo Lucha. So things coming on both ways there. Um, I'm going to be buying way too many masks this weekend. (laughs) (laughs) Between (laughs) between that and and all the Lucha Central stuff, so or all the Expo Lucha stuff. So we're we are uh, we are set. That's lucha-mask.com. The they are wonderful friends to the show. I wanted to get a chance to to sell as many masks as they can. All of that stuff goes to the family of the wrestlers, so or or the wrestlers themselves. So it's always it's you're supporting local wrestling by supporting this this site. So a very good point. Uh, as far as lucha-mask.com, it's the commercial we play uh, every to report them fully. Very about the additional masks that are going to be available. I've seen them really all, people from all over the world are having these masks. Um, and even some people on TV, I'm starting to mm-hmm. see with uh, this, you know, their, their masks. So uh, yeah. I want to give a, a big shout out too to Chris Diaz uh, from the wrestling show. I spoke with him last week. He was rocking out his new mascaras uh, mask from uh, Lucha Das Mask dot com so very uh, cool, very cool uh, of him he he showed it to me he made me even guess you know who it was and we had some <laughs> some technical problems but a shout out to chris diaz uh repping mascaras uh masks from lucha-masks.com and, and now we've made it there you go we've made it to the <laughs> end of another central weekly podcast don't forget to visit luchacentral.com your centralized place for all things lucha libre you can also follow Lucha on social media at Lucha Central on Facebook and Instagram and at LuchaCentral.com on Twitter. And of course, you've got to check out the there's exclusive interviews from Denise Alcedo, from other members of the Little.com team, matches, 
lots of fun content youtube and well while you're at it you had dusty let the listeners know where they i'm on instagram at dusty murphy and i'm also on facebook facebook.com slash dusty murphy if you look for me in the search bar i am the only dusty murphy wearing a caristico mask so you'll know you found me and brendan where can our listeners find you? i am 321 t-shirt guy and that is on instagram it's on facebook It's still weird to me to say that. And it's on Twitter, where I spend far too much time. That's okay. You're doing Twitter for all of us. Because I am not on Twitter, Miranda Morales. But you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at the hashtag Miranda, hashtag spelled out. And, of course, if you are listening listening to this on LuchaCentral.com, but did you know you can also listen to this on podcast streaming platforms like Google, Spotify, iTunes, Podbay, iHeartRadio. So while you're there, make subscribe so that way you get a win this drop every Friday. And also rate and review. Leave us a five-star rating. Let us know how much you like the show. And in the review, you know, give us feedback. Let you know, let us know what you like. And uh, maybe if you don't like some, we got some thick skin. We could take it. But you can also let us know topics that you'd like for us to cover in future shows. So as we mentioned earlier, we're weekend with a review of Expo Lucha. So stay tuned for that. But for Dusty Murphy and Brendan Barr, I'm Miranda Morales. Thank you, and we'll be back next all again. Mm-hmm.